We've all seen the incredible horse and rider combinations as the backbone of our sport. But what about everything else that makes the equestrian world tick? From the everyday grind to the world-class professional, join the Equestrian Podcast as we talk about every equestrian discipline in a way that hasn't been done before. Now here's your host, rider, trainer, and influencer behind my equestrian style, Bethany Lee. Hey friends, and welcome to the Equestrian Podcast. I'm your host, Bethany Lee, and this is episode 210. Our guest today is a photographer that I have looked to for inspiration within the equestrian industry for a while now. He is super talented. He's based in Australia. He was an inventor himself and then transitioned into working and managing social media for equestrian athletes and events, as well as taking stunning photography and videography. So without further ado, I would love to welcome our guest today, Jed Johnstone. So tell me a little bit about how you first found yourself in the equestrian world. So I started riding in my early teen years. My younger sister did Pony Club in Australia. Um, and I sort of just, after her competing for a few years, I decided I may as well start riding as well because we were at events every single weekend. So that's kind of how I got into it. And then I went through school riding. And then after school, throughout my first few years at university, I rode as well. My first year after high school, I actually worked full-time riding, breaking in young horses and producing show jumping horses. Um, and that's how I ended up getting my eventer, Rowdy, um, who I evented to two-star. What drew you to eventing? I just loved, um, like I think any eventer says, the adrenaline of cross-country. Yeah. Um, but also being able to do a bit of everything. So the dressage, show jumping, and the cross-country. I love it all, and um, but especially the cross-country. What is the eventing community like in Australia? Um, it's very close. So you could go to an event and everyone pretty much knows everyone, mm-hmm. which is um, great, um, especially for younger riders going up through the levels. So a lot of what I competed at was along the east coast of Australia, which is where most of the major events are. So being able to travel all across the side, eastern side of Australia was um, great to be able to meet so many new people. Very cool. I am so obsessed with your photography. I literally, I, I feel like it's to the point where like if I see it on my newsfeed or something like that, I, I like immediately know it's yours. Tell me a little bit, yeah, tell me a little bit about how you first got into photography and then what kind of brought you to putting together two of your passions into one thing. So I did a little bit of photography through school um, and about I didn't really start doing equestrian photography until I was working at a horse stud after I had finished school in my year between school and university. Because we were needing to, of course, advertise the horses and sell them, someone needed to take photos of them, and that turned out to be me. So that's kind of how I started with um, photographing the horses. Amazing. So as you started getting more and more into equestrian photography, at the time, were you still riding? Was there ever was there a point that you kind of had to choose between one or the other just because of time? Yes. So a lot of how I started with actually turning this into a business is was at events taking event photos and then selling them on to each rider so it became very difficult with me wanting to be at events to both take photos and ride 
Sure. So I did need to choose one or the other and um, I did see a bigger future for myself with the photos. What does your business look like now with photography and uh, you do some media as well? So a lot of what I, a lot of my clients are more social media based clients where I manage their social media and do photos. So it works hand in hand, being able to provide both of those services. So I do those for both the horse riders, but also a lot of the events um, around where I am. So sort of supporting them with their um, delivering value to their sponsors and showing results and just showing off the events. So um, yeah, and that also transfers across to the riders as well. Do you do a lot of traveling? Obviously, COVID has changed that significantly. But before that, were you traveling a lot to horse shows and other events? Yes, definitely. So last year was meant to be quite a big year for me. But of course, with the COVID (laughs) situation in Australia, a lot of events were cancelled, which is very unfortunate. But um, yeah, so I've done a few events like um, Adelaide three-day, Melbourne international three-day events, then a lot in Queensland and New South Wales as well. So all across the eastern side of Australia, which is great. Yeah, very cool. What's your favorite part of doing those events? Being able to capture the connection between the horses and riders. So with the eventing in particular, my most favorite phase to capture would be the trot-ups, just being able to see the riders handling the horses on the ground and like patting them. It's I just love mm-hmm. that. I think that's probably the most photogenic part of the um, eventing. Very cool. Like if you had to describe your style of photography, what would you say it is? I'd love to say it's very minimalistic, but mm-hmm. also very, um, it focuses a lot on the finer details. So I like my photos to be very simple. And as soon as you look at the photo, you immediately know what the subject of the photo is. It's not too cluttered and um, yeah, not too busy. Yeah, absolutely. What would you say is an area of the industry that you're really passionate about that you feel like the rest of the equestrian community either just doesn't know a lot about or doesn't talk that much about? So in Australia particularly, the equestrian industry isn't as public as what it is in, say, like the United States or Europe. So being able to showcase the equestrian industry to the general public is something that I'm very passionate about and that's definitely a big aim for mine with when I do media for events being able to um, just widen the audience with that yeah that that's very interesting I feel like it is probably a little bit lesser known in the general public maybe in Australia and even I, I feel that way in the US in comparison to the UK I feel like it's you know, so much more popular in Europe versus in the US even. And so trying to find ways to be able to make it more um, accessible, even just to learn about and and see. I feel like social media has helped that a lot also. But I mean, you see it in movies, you know, with like Yellowstone and like some like newer ones where people are becoming more and more like into seeing, you know, TV shows and movies about horses, high fashion, it's in a lot. So yeah, I find it really interesting, but it definitely, I think the 
in order for our sport to keep growing as a whole, being able to bring it into mainstream, you know, general public within entertainment and fashion is, is extremely important. Yes, definitely. What would you say are, when you go on a shoot or you're going to an event, what are, what's like your go-to equipment that you always have to bring with you? So I try to keep it as simple as possible. So I always just have my camera and a telephoto lens. So that's a lens that can zoom right in if need be, which is great for the sports side of photos but also um, something that's quite small in the focal length so you can get those finer details. Um, I don't tend to use any external lights or anything. I just like to use the natural lighting and keep it as natural as possible. Definitely. Do you have, um, obviously with events, you kind of shoot depending on, you know, when the event is going on. Um, Do you have an ideal time of day that you like to shoot? I don't really have an ideal time of day. I just try to work around what's happening in the moment. Um, But if I did have to be able to pick, it probably would be um, mid-afternoon. Just that's my best light. I love the uh, more direct light rather than the golden hour type light. Yeah, you do so well with the like just being able to work with that direct light and I love how you incorporate like casting shadows and things like that what what would you say are some tips for anyone listening who um I I mean for me personally I my photography style before um, equestrian sports was in wedding photography and it was always you know, my ideal style was that kind of like soft golden hour light, either like the first hour of the morning after sunrise or the kind of last hour, hour and a half before sunset. And I'm getting more comfortable with shooting in that kind of direct sunlight. It's definitely a style that's becoming more and more popular um, is to kind of incorporate that direct light and the use of shadows. What would be some tips that you would have for anyone listening to uh, be able to shoot at those more harsher light times of day? So my number one tip would definitely be just keep it as simple as possible. I don't, especially when I started out, I didn't tend to worry too much about the lighting. I'll just work around what was there. Shooting in direct light is definitely my comfort zone, but I have learned that... um, just making the most of any lighting situation can also turn out, can also produce great results. Like mm-hmm. a lot of my photos, of course, shot in direct light, but some of my favorite photos are shot against the light, which in the rules of photography isn't ideal. So, my number one tip would definitely be just go with the flow. Whatever the lighting situation is, I'm sure that you'll be able to make something beautiful out of it like I'm my comfort zone is always in the direct light Mm -hmm. but there has been times where I haven't had that luxury of being able to choose the perfect lighting situation so I have had to shoot in um, lighting situations that I'm not comfortable with Mm -hmm. but I still have been happy with the end product. Yeah I feel like a lot of it is just uh, sometimes forcing yourself to try something different and kind of just see how it goes. 
Yes, just going with the flow, seeing what happens. Totally. I think that that makes a lot of sense. Um, there, that I feel the same way. There's been times where, I mean, obviously, it's not always going to work out for me to shoot, you know, right before sunset in that soft lighting that I was comfortable with. But, or, or even I, I feel like lately I have been having a lot of like rainy overcast days where I need to shoot and just have to figure it out and um, have been able to play with angles and um, do different things that the the photography has turned out great and people would never know that it was, you know, pouring rain five minutes before. So what do you like to do on overcast days uh, when there's like no sun, it's super gloomy, the sky is gray? So I do... I don't mind those conditions because um, they, in those sort of settings, there are no shadows. So I do feel that I do have a lot more freedom to be able to shoot whatever angles I want. Sure. Of course, it's not ideal because the sky is looking a bit sad rather than a nice bright blue sky. Mm-hmm. Uh, definitely being able to work around and find different angles or um changing up maybe your camera settings to make everything look a bit brighter. I try not to do much Photoshop, but in situations where I do need or want a big bright blue sky, I do edit those in. Um, With Photoshop these days, it is all quite easy, so doing that isn't very difficult. I wanted to thank our sponsor today, O3 Animal Health. If you haven't heard about them before, their signature product is Equine Omega Complete. It's a specifically formulated blend that does so much more than simply add weight if needed or produce a shiny hair coat for your horse. These products support healthy cell function in the horse. They cleanse the cell membrane. Every cell in a horse's body is surrounded by fat. Their products provide the healthiest fat possible so that nutrients and waste can get in and out of the cells. O3 Animal Health is used by some of the top horse breeders, trainers, horse owners, vets, and it supplies a complete balance of beneficial fatty acids to provide the perfect fat for proper cell function. If you want to learn more, I had Kathleen Downs, who is a representative over at O3 Animal Health on the podcast. She was episode 122. If you want to go check it out, or you can visit their website at o the number 3 animalhealth.com and if you want to try out any products use the code podcast for $10 off any product thank you so much o3 animal health all right let's get back to the episode when you are just doing like a lifestyle shoot or basically anything where it's not an event and you don't have your zoom lens, what is your go-to lens that you like shooting with? I still prefer my zoom lens, the 70 to 200 millimeter. Um, That's just my comfort lens. That was the first lens I bought. So I've sort of learned to do everything on it. But with the shoots that are a bit more people orientated, like if I'm taking portraits or that sort of thing, I do go for a, I believe it's a 35 to 70 millimeter. Okay. Yep. But my, with any lens, I, the lowest possible um, f-stop, so I go for f2.8, what I always go for, because it gives that nice, blurry, creamy background, which sort of isolates your subject, and it doesn't make the photo too busy. Definitely, yeah. What type of camera body do you have? So I have a Canon 1DX Mark II. 
I bought that because it is a great crossover between the photo, its photos abilities, but also its video capabilities. So I do dabble a little bit with video for certain clients. I don't do much video as photos are my passion, but I did find it it was a great medium medium um, mm-hmm. between both. That's cool. Yeah, um, I just got a new camera that is similar kind of allows me to do good, you know, still have great photography, but the um, automatic focus for video, which I was yep. trying to do. I'm a Nikon person, so sorry. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> but I ended up staying with Nikon just because I didn't have to get all new lenses. But yep. being able to have that autofocus is so crucial for video. I was It was just like such a nightmare to try to do it on my older um, D750. Great yeah. camera for, for, you know, photography. And it was kind of the gold, you know, one of the gold standards for, for wedding uh, photography. But yeah. um, I needed that little extra um, as I'm starting to do more and more video. But what has your experience been like with video? Because obviously it's becoming so popular to have video content, um, especially for, you know, website and social media and I'm sure your clients, some of your clients really want it. Um, so how has that learning curve been for you um, already knowing photography, but video kind of being a whole other beast? So I feel it has been a bit of a, as I had done photos and photography prior, it has been a bit of an easier um, lead up into the video as I'm already sure. familiar with the camera settings and how the cameras work. I am completely self-taught with the video. I'd love to do a course down the road just so I can consolidate and um, learn all of the proper techniques rather than just me trying to figure it out. Mm -hmm. But yeah, so it's the hardest thing I find with the video is the process afterwards editing all the videos, just like incorporating all the audio and the image stabilization right and um it's just a lot more technical and a bit more complicated than just editing a photo but i do love it it's great being able to take all these little bits and pieces of video and audio and piecing it together and seeing the end product definitely do you use a gimbal when you shoot video i did start to use a gimbal but as a lot of my shoots that I do with video I also cross over with photos and get both photo and video content so it was um, that makes it it's so tricky because then the gimbal's in the way and you're we do that all the time and it is kind of a pain yes so I have sort of strayed away from using a gimbal if I'm doing a video only shoot I'll definitely use the gimbal but um, I have learned to sort of have quite steady hands with um, my camera and I, as my camera is quite heavy, especially when I do have my bigger zoom lens, it is a lot easier to get steady footage. Definitely. And especially that those longer lenses, it's um, sometimes impossible to balance on a gimbal. It's just sometimes too long. Yes. Yeah, got it. Yeah, that's literally what we're going through right now, just trying to figure out how to navigate. And I mean, sometimes I feel like the the solution is to get another camera body that, 
you know, would just be photo and then the other one to keep on the gimbal for video. But it's definitely, especially creating content for other, you know, businesses and brands to be able to get both photo and video in the same kind of scene can be tricky. But I think thankfully with the style of video, especially popular right now in just kind of short form video uh, for like reels or TikToks or stuff for Instagram, uh, a lot of it, it works because usually it's just a bunch of short clips together. So if you can, I feel like have a steady hand for a few seconds at a time, then it works out okay. Yes, definitely. What do you use to edit your video? So I, with everything, I have my MacBooks that I edit on. So with video, I just use the built-in program Final Cut Pro X. But for photos, I have gone with the Adobe Suite and use Lightroom and Photoshop. Um, I do find with the Final Cut Pro that it just works a lot better with the Macs. Um, just runs a lot smoother, doesn't drive the computers crazy. So um, that's sort of what I stuck with. Yeah, definitely. I've heard great things about that. I am about to get a new MacBook. I have I have the large desktop, but I'm I'm still living off of my college laptop. So it's yeah. <laughs> about time that I upgrade. But I'm excited because I heard about the the Final Cut Pro in there. Um, that it's pretty pretty like pretty decent for editing video. Yes, definitely. Um, I don't have anything bad to say about it. I love it. I think it's just so simple, easy, streamlined. Everything just works well together. So I haven't even thought about switching to anything else. What does this neck that I guess the the remainder of this year look like for you as far as projects or travel plans? Are, are you able to see any travel in your future? So the Australian competition season is only just kicking off now. So I do have a few exciting events that I'm attending and starting to book up a lot of clients for the year, which I'm very excited to work with. So I am really happy with how the year is going so far. Hopefully COVID doesn't put a dampener on it like it did last year, but yeah, very excited and um, looking to have a very busy year. Does your schedule allow you to travel out of the country yet? I mean, obviously, is that just kind of COVID dependent? Um, I would definitely love to travel out of the country. My number one destination I'd love to go over to would be New Zealand. Nice. They have some great shows there and it's literally just like Australia's neighbour. So it'd be very easy for me to be able to go over there for a week or two and come back and not miss any client work as like a lot of my clients are regular month-to-month clients. I do have to cater for them each month. So I can't be gone for too long, unfortunately, um, unless I do plan it quite well in the ahead. Sure. But yeah, I definitely love to look at next year and look at going over to America to do the winter circuit in Florida. That has definitely been one of my biggest goals for the past couple of years, ever since I first started um, taking photos. Definitely. Well, we would love to have you in Florida. We'll definitely have to set something up uh, when you're here. That would be so cool. I feel like you'd you'd love being here. And it's literally like equestrian Disneyland. It's just like all, yes. it's so horsey. So it's so fun. And in yes. Wellington, obviously, but also in Ocala with the new World Equestrian Center um, is stunning. It's like everything is like all white and it's so beautiful. Yes. 
there's a few Australians over there that I know that are over there for the winter circuit. Um, and just seeing their photos that they post up on Instagram is so amazing. Oh yeah. Just the facilities, the jumps, the horses, everything is just, every single angle is photogenic. I'll just absolutely love to go over. Definitely. Amazing. Well, Jed, thank you so much for taking the time and sharing a little bit of your experience and your knowledge. It's, I think it's so cool what you're doing and your style of photography is so captivating. And so thank you so much for taking the time and I wish you all the best. Thank you. I really appreciate you having me on. All right. That is all I have for you today. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you liked what you heard, please take a minute and write a review on iTunes. I would so appreciate it. It helps people like you find the podcast and it helps me get some killer guests. Thank you so much. And I will talk to you next week.